Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. I believe those. <laughs> Matter of fact, we just put out uh, book two of Let's Just Laugh at That for Kids. We just, uh, it's, it's just a, it's a fun book. Let me just hear a couple of the lies out of here and want you guys just uh, laugh, laugh at these. Um, how about this one? My feelings never lie to me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, how about this? My family holds me back. <laughs> wow. And then here's, here's just an old classic lie of the enemy. Nobody likes me. <laughs> Justin and Jen are going to sow that into your lives there. Love you guys. A lot of you know we go way back with them, and we got to, I got to do their wedding ceremony on the north coast of California, and just uh, Justin was best friends with my son Kyle through the years, and just uh, so proud of you guys and what the Lord's done in you, and it's so good. You're a part of a great family. Wow. I mean, Wendy, what did you think of this service today? I mean, just, man, I, I almost, you know what I thought? What do you think? I thought, man, I was going to have my own Enoch experience. <laughs> I mean, you know, Steve, Steve went to uh, Bethel, Atlanta and was no more. Was no more. <laughs> he was, was no more, man. <laughs> the, the passion in this place. Oh, I know. I mean, even that offering, read it. I don't know if I've ever been in a place with... with like they actually believed it. I mean, they, I mean, these guys, <laughs> these guys are, are going for it. <laughs> yeah, you guys are shifting atmospheres. You know, just could feel it. Just, it's not just coming to church. You know, in the old days, we used to think, you know, if there were a lot of witches in an area, that we thought, oh man, they're building this horrible stronghold in our city, but. Now we understand that every time we get together, we're, we're building a stronghold in our city. And that's what you guys are doing. You're actually, it's more than just gathering together for worship and fellowship. You're actually building a stronghold in your city of his presence. Why don't we just laugh at this? What, <laughs> what witches do is more powerful than what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a witch's curse has more power than your blessing. Uh-oh, 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 that goes, that goes pretty deep there. Hey, we got to, we're just so glad to be back. We love Bethel Atlanta. Steve and Lindy, thank you. Just love you guys, and know, we know you're in a great season of just building, moving forward. We just bless the building uh, project and everything going there. And I just hear this, that provision is going to come from a source you do not expect. I'm just uh, hearing that in my spirit today, and, and, and we're just uh, thrilled to be here. We've got 
four third-year students uh, from the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Reading who are with us. Three of them are a part of my team, and the fourth is a spouse of a, a team member. Why don't you guys just stand and just welcome them. They're here. Yay. Yeah, we got uh, Michelle, Grace, Tracy, and Anne. And uh, Michelle's actually going to come on up right now and just release a word over you. And we asked them all, and the, the other three will, will do this the second service. We asked them all just to pray about Bethel, Atlanta, and, and, and just to share with you what they heard as they asked the Lord about you. What did you hear, Michelle? So I heard from the you? Lord that Bethel, Atlanta is a trusted confidant of the city, of people's hearts, and of this country. That God trusts you with the secrets of the city and of people's hearts. And that you are a Daniel that stands alongside. And what I want to release is Daniel was next to Nebuchadnezzar, and they didn't believe the same thing, but he made a way by honor. He honored him, and he stood beside him and gave him the wisdom of God, wow. and that's who you are. That's what I heard from God that you are, and from the beginning, you guys built foundations, and I saw Bethel Atlanta coming out a web of honor that you're building, and it's going throughout the city, and the honor is being released in every realm of society, the seven mountains. Yes. So I just want to release that over you, so can you close your eyes and put out your hands? Mm. Yeah, Jesus just wants to honor you guys for coming low from the very beginning and building a foundation of trust throughout the city, of rebuilding hope and trust in people. And I just release just keys from heaven for every realm of society that comes through honor in Jesus' name. And we just thank you, God, that from this place, revival will come out from love and honor for people and standing beside them as a confidant. And thank you, Jesus, that you first are our confidant and you're standing with us as we go out to be confidants to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, thank you. You guys received that word? So we're on staff at Bethel Church, Reading. Um, just a quick bio on us. We grew up in the north coast of California. We were hippies, and we were um, seeking to find, you know, real life and did things hippies did. And, <laughs> and, and, we, found, and we met Jesus, and we found out there's no high like the most high. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we found. <laughs> and... We got married a couple years later. We're on staff at the church that Justin was a part of for many years, for 13 years. Um, then we moved to Round Mountain, Nevada, pastored for 10 years on the backside of the desert, four hours from Reno, four hours from Vegas. And that's where we met Bill Johnson in 1991, kind of became part of the Bethel Redding family, the family there. And then we 
uh, pastored in Weaverville, California from 2001 to 2008, been at Reading since 2008. Travel, I travel about half the year, and we work with Global Legacy, which is the part of Bethel that uh, leaders, church leaders especially, connect through when they say, we want more of what's going on at Bethel. And we have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. And, and we have a mandate to ignite hope. That's our assignment. Because there's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. And, and we believe that after love, hope is the most powerful, influential quality there is. And that our hope level will determine our influence level. And God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. <laughs> he loves to partner with... By the way, somebody this, this, this afternoon is getting healed of pessimism. <laughs> somebody, somebody in this room is, gonna, is getting healed of pessimism. Can you imagine, you know, God loves to partner with unreasonably optimistic people. Can you imagine, Wendy, you know, if David was going after Goliath today, you know, they'd say, hey, uh, David, before you go after Goliath, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. <laughs> the experts are saying you're being unreasonably optimistic. <laughs> and they're saying that you should go back to the fields and not get your hopes up so much. And you should just settle for life as it is and, and protect yourself from being disappointed. Actually, what the experts are saying is they're saying uh, you're actually going to get killed. <laughs> hey, uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, before you prophesy to those dry bones, we want to let you know what the experts are saying. The experts are saying you must not know how dry they really are. Because <laughs> if you knew how dry they really were, you wouldn't be so optimistic. <laughs> and, and what they're saying is that when you, when you speak to the bones, nothing is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, let's just laugh at that one. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like God wants me to share a testimony for anyone here who has a loved one or family member especially that you're not very optimistic that they'll ever get saved. You know, have you ever had one of those? But um, one of the things that fascinates me is who God can use to get people saved. Hmm. You know, we're saved because a backslidden, pot-smoking Christian, every time he would smoke pot with my husband, would witness to him. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and, and Wendy, he, 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 re he released some heavy revies. <laughs> I mean, he... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then besides that, I had a, a relative, too, that I'd kind of given up hope on. You know, I would pray, but just without any hope. <laughs> and, uh, but I, she was so into drugs and alcohol. She was homeless. Her kids had been taken away from her. And I literally didn't think there was enough 
you know, of her brain to actually comprehend the gospel anymore. Until one day she called me and said, Aunt Wendy, I've accepted Jesus. And I'm like, how? <laughs> right? Because I'm gonna teach it in the next evangelism class. But she said, well, I was sitting on a bench waiting for a bus and I went into a trance. And this huge wow. trance goes on and I, I, I can't even, it was like the book of Revelation. <laughs> but she said when she came out of it, she was saved and instantly delivered from all drugs and alcohol. Wow. When I heard that, I realized, oh, that's why I didn't have any hope for her. I hadn't factored in the supernatural. <laughs> you know, if you don't have any hope, it's because you haven't factored God in. Someone say, that's a good word, Wendy. <laughs> Romans 15, 13, it, it says this. It says, now may the God of hope fill you. What do you think might happen to you if you get filled by the God of hope? <laughs> think you might get some hope? Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Now, hope has two buddies who hang out with him. One's called all joy. Not just a trickle of joy. All joy. Now, and the other is peace. We have a... We have a dog at home. He's a black lab. His name is Duncan. And he's one of my all-joy mentors. Because <laughs> when I come home, he doesn't walk up to me like this <clears throat> slowly and say, I'm joyful on the inside. <laughs> no, I mean, he... he he has, I mean, he has all, he doesn't know what to do with his joy. I mean, he's, he's sprinting, he's, he's wagging his tail so hard and he's concerned he's going to pull a back muscle. <laughs> but when you find, when you find true hope, you find all joy and you find peace. You, you, they're together. I mean, peace is, is, is the assurance it's all going to be okay. By the way, just, just say it's all going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be better than okay, but I'll tell you this, just some of us just need to hear that. That's going to be okay. And it says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Say in believing. In believing. Then it goes on that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And God's real heart for us is that, because the key, the key phrase in that verse is in believing. The moment we believe truth is the moment we get filled by the God of hope. Increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working. Increased hope is the evidence that the renewing of the mind is working or that we're actually really believing truth and we're moving from mental assent to actually believing it. So I, I, I believe truth, I start getting filled. And all joy and peace come. You know, and and I, I keep getting filled, then it gets to my eyes. I actually see the same things differently. 
I see me differently. Hey, I'm not as bad as I thought I was. <laughs> hey, God can even use me. You see other people differently. Hey, they're not as bad as I thought they were either. I think God, God can use them. And, you know, and, it, and it really says you, you, you believe it and that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You, you cooperate with truth and the Holy Spirit gets involved and you start, you start getting this abounding thing. I mean, it, it, it's like the, the Tigger anointing. <laughs> I used to struggle at times with the Eeyore anointing. <laughs> oh, it's rough. <laughs> Things are only going to get worse. <laughs> Just keep watching the news. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Yeah, when God started talking to us about joy and hope, my first thought was, you know, now I have to be happy too. You know? <laughs> Because, you know, as a Christian, you know, you're doing everything you can because you want to please God. And as leaders, you're, you know, you're working hard. And it was like, you know, I don't have enough energy to pretend to be happy. (laughs) 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 Or pretend like I have hope. You know, until finally God said, well, Wendy, I don't want you to work up an emotion he said, hope and joy are always attached to a belief system. That's good. If you want to change your emotions, you actually have to believe something different than you currently believe. It's the only way. It means you have to actually sacrifice what you currently believe is true for what God says is true. Whether it's about yourself or your circumstances, because it's all about perspective. You know, when the 12 spies went into the promised land in Numbers 13, they all saw the same circumstance. They all saw the giants. They just came up with two different conclusions. Hmm. And our hope rests on our conclusion. Our hope rests on our conclusion or our hopelessness. So one of my favorite things when I'm feeling hopeless about something is my first thought is, what do I need to believe to have hope for that? What do I need to believe to have hope for them? Because it's all about a different belief system. You know, you're, we tend to think that our, our emotions are validating what is true, but emotions don't validate truth. They only validate what you believe. Say that again. Your emotions don't validate truth. They only validate what you believe. And so seeing through the eyes of faith actually can create a more joyful, hopeful person. I mean, that was empowering to me because I always felt disempowered by my emotions. I thought I was going to have to spend the rest of my life having these big mood swings and emotional, you know, things going on. And once I learned, oh, I can just change what I believe. And the funny thing is, is it actually affected what happened. <laughs> 
Because it's really hard to have faith without hope. You know, that is just weird. I don't know where people came up with that. And hope isn't, oh, I hope so. It's a confident expectation. Wendy just finished a book in July called Victorious Emotions. She's got a journal with that, and it's a, it's a, a powerful book. Here's a definition of hope. Hope is, is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and we have the power to make it so. Hope is the belief that the future will be better than the present, and we have the power to make it so. It, another definition of hope is this. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and promises of God. Hope is an overall optimistic attitude about the future based on the goodness and, and, and promises of God. And, you know, it's, just, it's a powerful thing when we, we actually start going after hope. In the end of 1 Corinthians 13, it says these three remain, faith, hope, and love. It's part, it, it's part of the big three. And, and really, in my life, I went after faith, went after love, but it's been in this last season I've gone after hope, and I've really realized that, that it is really, I, I believe so much in the body of Christ, it's, it's, a, it's a missing ingredient within our lives. And he would tell us things like this. He would say our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. <laughs> he would tell us our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. He'd say that because if you don't, if you don't deal with, because our, our hopelessness comes from believing a lie. If we try to cir change circumstances without changing the beliefs surrounding the circumstances, we're not going to see long-lasting transformation. So at some point, I got to go after what I actually believe. And, and so he told us that we cannot trust any conclusion in our life that does not have hope attached to it. Any conclusion we make about ourselves, other people, our city, our nation, uh, our gift mix, our future, any, any conclusion that doesn't have hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. We can't trust it. We may not know what the lie is, but there's a lie that's there. And when we learned that, it, it absolutely revolutionized our spiritual warfare. Because up, up to that point, all our spiritual warfare guns were pointed outward. We we're rebuking until our rebuker was worn out. <laughs> we were binding everything that moved. <laughs> <laughs> And there's a time, there's a time to, to go after, to, to deal directly with the devil, but the greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities, they're belief systems in the minds of Christians. The greatest strongholds blocking the purposes of God are not regional demonic principalities, they're belief systems in the, in the minds of Christians. Uh, one of the things that God was talking to me about a few years ago was um, that I don't really believe everything I think I believe. You know, it's one thing to have a mental agreement with a belief system. It's another thing to believe it deep inside. And he really spoke to me one year when 
I, I don't have an office because we travel a lot. And so when I met with students, I would always meet at the same coffee shop every time. And after about four years of the same coffee shop, I switched to a new one that came into town. And so the very first meeting I was going to have at the new coffee shop, my conscious mind knew where I was going. Unfortunately, while I was driving, my conscious mind started thinking about something else. And I ended up parked in front of the old coffee shop. Car was turned off and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing here? This isn't where I wanted to go. And that week, I did that two and a half times. Tried to get to the new coffee shop. But, <laughs> you know, kept going to the old one. And as I was turning around on the last time, I felt like God said, Wendy, if you don't change the spirit of your mind, you'll always end up where you've always been. Because it's not your conscious mind that drives you. It's your subconscious belief systems that you've never addressed and never changed. It's why people, the average person never moves out of the same economic sphere or favor sphere that he was born into. And it's not because they're not trying. They're trying to do something different without believing something different. Mm, wow. That's why two artists can have the exact same level of gifting for art and only one will become famous. Because it's not their talent that gets you there. It's your belief systems. You can only receive what you think you're worth. So unless you change your value system for yourself, you will always end up where you think you're worth. And that's the hard thing, is to change things that feel so true. But that's where our hope comes from. That's why Romans 12, 2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's the spirit of your mind. And that's where we get our faith and our hope. It starts welling up accidentally just because we've changed what we really believe. You know, we can say, oh, I believe God's going to meet all my needs, which I've said. And then God said, well, why are you worried? Uh -huh. And I'm like, well, I, I didn't know my emotions have to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, that's how you'll know you believe it. You don't believe it until it's changed your emotion. That's what faith is. You don't work up faith. You just change what you believe and faith comes. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I think this message is just for you. Romans 12, 2. Let's, um, let's laugh at this lie. Romans 12, 2 is actually a mistranslation. <laughs> what it meant to say is be transformed by trying harder. Ha <laughs> ha. The kingdom of God is not moved forward by good conduct. It's moved forward by good beliefs. The old covenant was moved forward by good conduct. The new covenant is moved forward by good beliefs. 
And the, the greatest question of the hour is not, Lord, what should I do? The, the greatest question is, Lord, what should I believe? What should I believe in this season that's coming up? What should I believe right now? What should I believe about you? What should I believe about me? What should I believe about the people in my life? What should I believe about circumstances? What should I believe about my nation? What should I believe? What should my conclusion be? And, you know, it's amazing, you know, like, there, in this room right now, there's all kinds of radio frequencies that are in this room that if we had the proper tuner, we could tune in. And, and here, they're, they're there. And you know, one thing I love about the radio is that if you don't like what you're listening to, you can change the channel. <laughs> Anybody else glad I, I, I don't like that? Sometimes I'll, I'll rent a car and there, you know, there's something on that when I you know, turn the engine, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to listen to that thing. You know, there's all kinds of things in the spirit realm that we're hearing as well. How many know there's all kinds of channels that we can tune into? I mean, there's the accuser of the brethren channel. <laughs> I mean, that's there, you know. I mean, I used to tune into that one all the time. That's how it's, you know. There's the you are who your past says you are channel. Yep. That's your, you know, the best way to determine your future is by looking at your past. Let's, uh, let's, that, that channel, that, that's there for us to tune into. Um, there, there, there is the you are a victim channel. Mm-hmm, that channel, that's a, that's a real, you know, popular channel. <laughs> You're a victim. <laughs> you're a victim of the people around. You're a victim of government. You're a victim of your past. You're a victim of your finances. Yeah, that channel. Now, you know, I mean, you look in the Bible, I and mean, God told all, all kinds of people in the Bible to change the channel. I mean, Moses, he was listening to the I Can't Talk channel. <laughs> And, and, and he was listening to they, they Won't Believe You Sent Me channel. And, and then the, God says, I want you to change the channel to I Will Be With You channel. I want you, I want you to turn to that channel in, in, in what you're listening to. Uh, Abraham was listening to the uh, You Are Too Old channel. ha, <laughs> 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 And the Lord said, I want you to change the channel. I want, I want you to change the channel and, and believe that you are by the promise. I want you to actually change your name to Father of Many Nations channel. Actually believe it's going to happen. Gideon, he, he was listening to the God has abandoned us channel. <laughs> and the Lord says, I want you to change the channel into the go in the strength you have channel. Go in the strength you have in the mighty warrior channel. I want you to change it. Oh, I'll change that. And, and here's the thing. You know, we, I'll tell you, I'll give you a great hint to how you can tell if you're listening to the wrong channel. Is if what you're listening to does not give you hope, change the channel. <laughs> change it, because you're not listening to the right channel. Because God's channel is going to give you hope. Even if there's correction, there's going to be hope. You're not going to be left in a place of hopelessness. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I think you just need to change the channel. 
And it's just so important to take note of what voice you're listening to and how often, you know, I find it really interesting that most people create an identity out of a past experience, like failure, and they actually think they're failures. But my question is, is they probably had more success than failures, but why did they choose to build an identity out of the failure? Why, out of all the things you've done right, have you decided to build an identity out of what you did wrong? And I'll tell you, it all has to do with rehearsal. You start believing what you rehearse. Because your brain doesn't even know the difference between what's actually happened and what you've been imagining. And so if you keep rehearsing those negative things, you will feel like it's so true. What if you just started rehearsing something different? Because there's other things true too about you. Why don't you begin to define yourself by your successes? Instead of defining yourself by the few people who dislike you, why don't you define yourself by the people who love you? Change the channel, because it will have an effect on, you know, I, I really believe that what we believe, what we believe in, in our subconscious actually creates either a clarity for the spirit realm or a static in the spirit realm. It's kind of like God told me once, Wendy, don't ever counsel someone you don't have hope for because you can tell them all the right things, but they will not be able to receive it because of the static of your unbelief. Because we're not just <laughs> physical beings. So we actually have to get ourselves into inner unity with what we're talking about, what we're believing. And, and, but that's empowering too, is because you can create new strongholds within you. Yay. That begin so to good. drive your life. I mean, I can't tell you how transformed I've been once I stopped focusing on what I was doing and focused on what I was believing. Because it's really true. The transformation doesn't come through sacrifice or trying harder. Transformation comes from believing something different. And that, that's just life-changing. Because we can all begin to work on what we believe. You know, it, it's just actually going after it with a passion. This is what I believe God is telling me who I am and what I'm going to do. You know, I love the story about um, Joseph when God gives him a dream that he's going to be a ruler. And he doesn't identify his his identity as a ruler, as a position. He believes it's who he is. So when he's sold into slavery, he doesn't lose his identity. He just becomes the ruler of all the slaves. We would be more tempted to believe I can't reach my destiny because I've been sold into slavery. Your circumstance doesn't determine your identity. 
but eventually your circumstances will be influenced by your identity. So it's not about changing what's out there, it's about changing what's in here. Someone say, wow. Let's, um, let's begin to wrap this up with, with a couple thoughts here. By the way, I just see the Lord supernaturally releasing hope in this meeting. I see just, uh, just almost like a hope infusion getting in your life. You know, when, when, when just even in my own life, and you know, one of the channels I listened to a lot was that you, you are a failure channel. Let's just laugh at that channel. Ha, 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 You are a failure channel. And there's many reasons for that. I mean, by the way, how many of you know we're not a failure, you know, we're more than a conqueror? I mean, I mean, we're, I mean a conqueror is pretty good if you ask me, but man, I'm more than a conqueror. That's, uh, that's, pretty, that's, a, that's a pretty powerful identity. But one of the reasons that um, I, I've... I felt like a failure was as I didn't understand process. And this is just an area just that I want to just, as we close it, I want to release hope in. And I, I just feel like today the Lord's going to break off the lie over people's lives that you're a failure. And, you know, one, babies, when they, toddlers learn to walk, how many of you know they don't walk perfectly the first time they try to walk? You know, if many, if, 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 if parents were like many Christian leaders and, and their toddler's trying to walk and falling down, here's what they'll say to their toddler. Quit trying to walk. You're being presumptuous and prideful. It's clear you do not have the gift of walking. Because if you had the gift of walking, it wouldn't be so hard. Besides, if you had the gift of walking, you'd already be walking. <laughs> Don't you know walking ceased with the apostles? <laughs> it's clear <laughs> that in God's infinite wisdom and superior sovereignty, he has predestined you with the gift of crawling. <laughs> Be content in the state you're in. If God wants you to walk, he'll zap you. And you just start walking. That's just ridiculous. But that, that's how, but, but what happens in our life, anytime we seek to walk at a higher level, whether it's you're going to start walking in a higher level of hope, higher level of joy, higher level of doing relationships well, high, high, higher level of consistency in certain areas in your life. You know, when you start trying to walk, you know, you know what my old mindset, you think, well, I tried that, you know, that was hard. I don't, I must not have the gift. Let's laugh at that. Ha, 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 ha. Now, every area, here, here's the truth. Those who succeed most also seem to fail most. I used to think I used to think I was a success because I never failed. 
The Lord says, yes, yeah, Steve, but you didn't do anything. Winston Churchill said this. He said, success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. Success is moving from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. And you know, I, I, I probably fail, I fail more than almost anybody in the room here on, on a regular basis because I'm doing a lot of things. I, I, got one, you know, the, I got some talents and the Lord says, I want you to increase those things. I want you to increase them. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying to increase some, you know. Uh, I remember one of our books we wrote, uh, we, we had the word forward in the, you know, the first few pages, and we misspelled forward. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. It was really big. Really big. Someone, someone comes up to me and says, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But you know what? I really wasn't that sorry. I said, we're doing something. We're doing something. And that this hope piece, when you start getting this hope piece and you start breaking out of the lies and you start breaking out of the old mindsets and you start uh, believing you're who God says you are and not who your past experience says you are, to believe there's no limits on your life and to believe that just because you fail at something, it doesn't mean you're a failure. You start believing that, you start getting some fire in your bones. Someone say fire. fire. Say freedom. freedom. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. No, limits. no limits. And I just got good news for the Bethel Atlanta family and people who are visiting today. The Lord wouldn't have you in this meeting unless he didn't believe in you more than you believed in yourself. He's got you here. Yay! And so we just say, Father, thanks for what you're doing today. We say thank you, Holy Spirit, for who's in this meeting right now. And we, 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 the only power the devil's got over you is a lie. And then we just, we just, do you know what we do about that? Ha, 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 woo! Yes, thank you, Father. If you guys receive the message, say, I receive it. I'll never be the same again. Something happened to me today. It was supernatural. It's going to increase. It's going to bear much fruit. And it's going to influence the nations. My best days are ahead. I'm a, I'm a key player in worldwide revival. In worldwide revival. I've, got I've got what it takes. I'm not who my past says I am. I am who God says I am. There's breakthrough in my life. Breakthrough in my emotions. Breakthrough in my relationships. Breakthrough in my finances. Breakthrough in my influence. It's happening. It's going to increase. Amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Yay! 
Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.